It's footlong season at Subway, and that means making good calls all season long, starting with your game day order, because take it from me when I say that eating too many hot dogs is a bad call. Do you guys know what a 999 is? I do now, thanks to you, and it doesn't sound fun. Nine hot dogs, nine beers, nine <laughs> innings. I did that this weekend. Are you serious? I am serious. I did it on Saturday, <laughs> and let me tell you something. Bad call. <laughs> It was a bad call. <laughs> I have regrets. I wish I had made a good call. You know what would have been a good call instead? A turkey breast, foot long from Subway, maybe sweet onion chicken teriyaki, black forest ham, veggie delight, whatever floats your boat. Please sign me up for that deliciousness. Sign me up for nine of them. That would have been better than my bad call. <laughs> and another good call is getting Subway with contact-free ordering in the app for quick and easy pickup. I'm doing it right now. Tap, tap, boom delicious footlong, or go ahead and get contact-free delivery. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Week three is in the books. DK, did you do a 999 this weekend? (laughs) We got to talk about this. Okay, I did not. For all you effers who skipped the ad at the beginning Listen of the Listen to the ads. Go back to the ad. Heifetz <laughs> says he did a 999 this weekend, which on a previous episode he said is nine beers, nine hot dogs, and nine innings of a baseball game. You actually did that this weekend? I did it. it, it, it um, was it for fun or did you lose a bet? I mean, why, when would it ever be for fun? In theory, it was for fun. It actually was fun <laughs> until like the seventh. No, actually, uh, the, the, fifth, the fifth inning is when it got not fun and the hot dogs were no longer enjoyable. The hot dogs are got to be way harder than the beers. What do you what do you yeah. put on the hot dogs to make this? I would ketchup and mustard the whole time. Okay. We thought we were going to have to do like the, uh, the Are Joey you going Chestnut. full Kobayashi just like trying to get them in your mouth as easily as possible? We thought we were going to have to do it. Didn't end up having to to come to that, but I have to say it was a problem because we were watching Yankees Marlins and Davey Garcia, I got to say he was pitching real fast and that was a problem because he was just working <laughs> through the order like he was Mark Burley or something. Was it like, a low scoring you game? Slow you slow down. It was until it was 10-4. For the while, it was like the Marlins were winning. We're like, dude, you, David Garcia, you got to put some runners on base or something. Please, <laughs> please stop going through the order. It was tough. Oh, but it's my all right. God. He survived. I it's just frattier than I thought. <laughs> uh, is, is that, is that, does that sound cool to you? Does that sound fratty? I didn't uh, say cool. I said frattier. <laughs> <laughs> I look, yeah. I, it's, it's quarantine times. Like we all, we have to feel alive every now and then. Okay. We have to do something. I got a funny fantasy note from week three. I had a buddy. I have a big high school league, a lot of friends. It's like our, it's our ninth year. It's it's kind of my most serious league. And uh, I got a text on Sunday morning. I'm the commissioner. My buddy Logan goes, Hey man. So I accidentally dropped Julio Jones. (laughs) No. I was like, okay. How do you accidentally do that though? What do you mean? It's like four clicks in a row. I don't know how you accidentally do that. Did he think it was some other Jones? Like, I don't know. Or I guess maybe he was like, can't keep up with the Joneses. Moving too quickly, but he was like, can you help me out? And I went into my, like, because I'm the commissioner, I went into, like, the commissioner tools, and you, I could change his waiver to where you could add him the next day, but I couldn't put him back on his team for Sunday, which he really lucked out because Julio was ruled out. Yeah. So he got really lucky. But so our punishment for him is so we we do the the free agent salary cap bidding thing. Mm -hmm. So we're all going to make him spend $10 to get him back. And he has to change his name to like, I'm an idiot. I dropped Julio. Oh, I was going to say, as long as the team name has to change, then that's justice. I was going to say, you should make him spend his entire budget on that. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) 
10 bucks is nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was all right. You got to be more Machiavellian, Craig. Come on. You got to rule with an iron fist. Yeah. That's a slap on the wrist. That's like what Volkswagen got for cheating on the EPA stuff. Like, you know, that's, that's really, you know, that's compared to what he's getting. It's not that bad. Okay. Let's get into week three. Holy cow. Yeah. That was wild. Week three started pretty boring. The oh first half of the, of the 10 o'clock game sucked, and then it just took off. So, yeah, this, so this week was so clearly, okay, so the Seahawks-Cowboys at, at the, the late window, Sunday Night Football, Packers-Saints will be cool, Monday night. We're recording this on Monday. Chiefs-Ravens haven't played. We assume it was a good game, unless you're me, which I think will be bad. But the 1 o'clock seemed like they were going to be <laughs> awful, and then the second half, as you said, Craig, was all of the games were competitive, except the Eagles-Bengals, which was competitive in a nobody-deserves-to-win way. Which and the was Jets the most, game. And the Jets game, which, which doesn't really count sad. as football. But do we, well, do we DK? Do you want to take a victory lap in Russell Wilson, or should we go with Josh Allen right now? <laughs> Those are the two just absolute headlines of they've been the headlines of the first three weeks. I'm still nervous the Seahawks are going to give this up, but Russell Wilson is in absolute god mode right now. Like he's playing out of his mind. He has 14 touchdowns in three games, which is the most <laughs> in NFL history. The most. Well, so he should have 15 because DK dropped the one. He should be averaging five oh, a game. God, I know. Ridiculous. Oh my God. The DK Metcalf play. If football had errors like baseball, you can tell us watching baseball because the nine, 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 but if football had errors, then he would have five touchdowns a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. And the funny thing, like the, it's just hilarious to me that, legitimately like fans Seahawks fans have been trying to get the Seahawks to do this for years now like legitimately years the let Russ cook movement has been gaining steam there was uh Mina Kimes did like a big let Russ cook like feature before the game and everything and and um I mean like legitimately all the Seahawks had to do was the most obvious thing <laughs> in the world and now Russell Wilson is in fucking God mode. 14 touchdowns in three games, most ever. All they had to do was the most obvious thing. The thing that struck me watching the game was that I feel like even just two years ago, when you watch the Seahawks, or when I watch the Seahawks, I don't know why I'm talking in the second person. When I watched the Seahawks, I always felt that my favorite down was third and 10 because they would run and get no yardage, run and get no yardage. And then Russell Wilson would have to do some fakakta shit on third and yep. 10 and he would like evade the line. There'd be immediate pressure and he would just throw the ball up and tire lock. It would come down with it. What shocked me against the Dallas was he had time in the pocket. Mm -hmm. He had more five full second clean pockets in that game than I feel like he did in the entire year of 2017. And the fact that the first year, he, I mean, it's not like this line is great, but it's the bar is so low. He's they've passed this low bar that, and he's just the best quarterback in the world. The second he's gotten pass protection. DK, you said something that I wanted to t touch on, and I agree with you. Are you worried it's going to go away? Yeah, I'm still worried. And this is probably just years of, of conditioning to expect the worst <laughs> with the Seahawks. And I'm not saying the worst like they're a bad team. I'm just like the worst being every single game. There's like this meme like Kevin Clark is behind this. Like, no, the Seahawks have never played a normal game ever. Every single game is like the most stressful experience I can imagine. Well, did you hear what Pete Carroll said after the game? He said, he said, I know that a lot of fans are pulling their hair out, but to be totally honest, this is how I like it. And I'm like, dude, what? You almost lost this game. Because the fact that it, the Cowboys went into halftime even close was crazy considering all the crap that they had done. It was kind of an embarrassing. If the Seahawks had lost the game, it would have been pretty embarrassing. I was kind of yeah, blown away yeah. when Pete Carroll said that. 
Pete Carroll's such a gamer. He, I feel like he loves close games. No, he. Craig, you're the one who did the. Po- you Craig. produced Pete Carroll's podcast. <laughs> you're the most biased one on this show. He's a hundred percent right. Uh, Carroll, like, he he, he lives loves this, this. He lives for this shit. He loves it. Once I remember, like, very vividly, one press conference a few years ago where he basically told fans to toughen up because, like, this is how it's going to be. Like, everyone was like <laughs> bitching up. about. Essentially, everyone was like bitching about how just stressful every Seahawks game was. And he's just like, yeah, toughen up. This is what it's going to be like. And uh, I mean, that's just Pete Carroll for you. So the Seahawks have, so let's get into Russell Wilson quickly because, you know, obviously him playing like this is, is a huge factor in fantasy football. He has 102 points total. And, and this is per <laughs> ESPN. This is, this is per ESPN. First quarterback and fourth player at any position to score at least 30 fantasy points in each of his first three games, each of his team's first three games of the season, 102 points total, most by any quarterback ever. <laughs> three games. Most by any quarterback ever through three games and tie for fifth most by any player at any position. So obviously what he's doing is really, really huge. You know, if you took a chance on him, wherever you took him in the middle, in the early middle rounds, that's paying off for you huge right now. Um, and the cool thing is, I don't think he's necessarily going to keep this pace. Like he can't throw four touchdowns every game, right? Well, he's on but, pace for seventy-four touchdowns, so I don't think he's going to keep the pace. No, but I could see him do. I could see him continue to just absolutely go scorched earth because the Seahawks' pass defense is atrocious, like legitimately historically bad. They're giving up the full Columbus, which is fourteen hundred ninety-two yards on defense, which is the second <laughs> most ever. The, the full Columbus. <laughs> They've gone Never full, go full Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, but is Russell Wilson a sell high in any yeah. argument? I mean, I, you could make that argument because, like I said, I don't think he's going to keep doing this. He, he Would you trade him for Mahomes right now in fantasy? Oh, that's a super good question. I don't think I would. So he's number. Oh, so he's not a sell high. Not in redraft. Here's why. Because I think, you know, in addition to, like, all the ideas of, like, regression and things where, like, you can't, you can't see Lamar doing what he did last year. You can't see Mahomes doing what he did two years ago. Like Russell Wilson is in that. This special... is the year where next year we go. He's not yeah. going to do twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. Again. Like that's like the, the that's what's telling me to like go with Russell Wilson because all the variables are right right now. He's got Lockett, DK Metcalf. He's got more protection as Danny brought up, and they're going to be in shootouts legitimately every week. Their defense. I can't. I can't overstate how bad their defense is. Like it's historically bad. They've given up like seventy something. PPR points to opposing receivers so far, which is like 30 more than any other team. It's weird because they're the Seahawks. They still wear the Seahawks uniforms. They traded for Jamal Adams, even though mm-hmm. obviously he was hurt and groin injury on the sideline for this game. It's like they, you know, walks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's like they still look like the Seahawks. And they still like just look like the Seahawks. See, Pete Carroll's still there chomping his gum, and Jamal Adams is there, like, oh, this is a good defense. They are the worst pass defense in the NFL. Like this is it is so jarring to. What do we call it? Legion of Doom? Legion what should of we call them? <laughs> was that like? Meanwhile, at the Legion no, of it's Doom. People, the joke here is the Legion of Whom. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Legion of Whom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legion of Whom. No, that's the Chiefs. The Legion of Whom is actually really funny. The Russell Wilson thing reminds me of like. <laughs> If Jameis Winston or like Ryan Fitzpatrick from the last couple of years on the Buccaneers just didn't throw picks, like that's <laughs> the kind of offense that they are able to like put together. Like Wilson, Wilson is just going to have to pass. And honestly, and the one pick that Wilson threw was off Greg Olson's hands. 
yeah, the he has zero turnover worthy plays this year per PFF. Russell Wilson does. Um, even though that was a turnover, it went off of Olsen's hands. So I saw this from Ben Baldwin, and this is the key to kind of like everything and and the huge sea change that we're seeing from the Seahawks is the Seahawks right now are the pass heaviest team on first and second now. They're the Chiefs now. They're passing so much. I'm it's so crazy. glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. This is a scoring machine offense with a bend, don't break defense. And that's so weird to think about the Seahawks because in 2018, I don't, I've, oh, it's not Ben Baldwin. I'm sorry. One of the Seahawks writers who I apologize to had this stat, but the Seahawks in 2018 were the run heaviest, or Brian Schottenheimer was the run heaviest offense since Tim Tebow's Broncos in 2011, oh, like in the last 12 yeah. years. And now, as mm-hmm. you're saying, they're the most pass heavy team. The transition has just been stark. But to be clear, you're rolling with it because you think that this is the outlier season. So you is he the, the number one quarterback in fantasy for you going forward? Forgetting the 14 touchdowns. Yeah. Forgetting yes. the number. He's the number yes. one guy. Okay. Yes. Because of all those variables. So let's get to the next one then. Josh Allen, who has for three weeks in a row had the most Josh Allen game of his career. Is that fair <laughs> to say? I, yeah. I, I this This was the one where it was like, okay, is this real? Because he crushed... The Dolphins and he crushed the Jets, who are two of the five worst teams in football. It's like, okay, now you're going against the Rams. He's going against Jalen Ramsey, who called him trash two years ago. And then right. Aaron Donald. And he just looked unreal. He looked like every pre-draft scouting report had him at the ceiling. Just this unstoppable touchdown machine. We had four touchdowns in the first half. They went up 28 to three. It was like, this was like the second coming. And then there was a lot of weird stuff happened. And there was some Josh Allen stuff. But they still came back, won the game. I, I am blown away. DK, what do you make of this? Josh Allen is is fantasy gold because not only is are they asking him to pass a ton and and, and putting that much on his shoulders and everything, but he's also their goal line back. <laughs> They're designing like speed option runs for him where he has the option to pitch it or whatever, and he just dives in. You know, he's he's fearless around the goal line, so he's getting all those rushing rushing yards or sorry, rushing touchdowns. Obviously, that are going to boost his score a ton. Um, and honestly, we'd be talking about Allen even more right now if it wasn't for what Russell Wilson is doing because through three games, and again, this is from ESPN. I saw this that, uh, last night. Allen's 93.9 points through three games is the third most ever, trailing only Russell Wilson <laughs> this year and Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2018. Okay, but is, the Fitzpatrick thing makes it so awkward. What are you supposed to make of that stat when on one hand it's Russ dude, and that offense was awesome. I ha- I don't think that's even that's not that doesn't take away from this at all because that offense was sick. They were they were it was like Todd Monken just vertical attack just going downfield, YOLO and Fitz, you, we we've seen Fitzpatrick do this in stretches over his career. Like he's no he's not like a fluke. He he did it with the Jets. You know, he's he did it with the Buccaneers. Josh Allen's good. Like Josh Allen's deep balls look good. He looks like a better player. He's almost like if Christian McCaffrey were a quarterback on the Bills, and that's how they use him. He just gets every touch. He gains every yard. Oh, yeah. And he's their entire team. It's crazy. Well, the crazy thing about Josh Allen, and I think, I don't know about other people. For me, the number one thing that I was just didn't think that this Josh Allen experience was going to work out was he had no touch. It was like, do you remember in Madden when they introduced bullet passes for the first time? Yeah. And then, so when you, you held down the button hard and it would zip it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people didn't really know how to do it at first. And so people were just throwing, but the game was designed for you to <laughs> know how to do it. And so people were bulleting at the complete wrong time. You're like, oh, you're not supposed to bullet a screen pass. I didn't know. That was how Josh Allen played in real life for the first two years in the NFL. He was just whipping passes at dudes' feet and over their heads. And just, I mean, he was the worst deep ball pass in the NFL last year in large part because he could th- make any throw, but 
he didn't seem to know the idea of timing or loft or arc or, or you know, touch, which anyone gets when you're throwing a ball. And this year he just has it. And apparently he worked with Tony Romo and Jordan Palmer and he fixed it. And he just his balls look pretty now, with the exception of the one ball that he threw to Diggs that almost <laughs> buried in the dirt on a screen pass, which I will let go because he played so well. He just looks like a great quarterback. And I never thought I'd say those words. You know, I'm I'm once we come around to next season and we start doing our pre-draft rankings and all that stuff again, I'm kind of thinking about this new thing about, I think drafting a QB late is dumb if you're the best drafter in your league. If you think that you are the guy who's the really smart one, I think you should draft a quarterback semi-early. Because if you know which one to get, they're going to work out. And then if you can do a good enough job later in the draft because you're so much better than everybody else, it'll make up for itself because you can draft the Deontay Johnsons <laughs> late when everybody else doesn't. So, you know, like Kyler, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson are perfect examples of why maybe you should draft a quarterback if you are a smart drafter. It can beat everybody else. Especially in league, I feel like especially in leagues where you only have so many starters. Like if you're, if you're trotting out like four, like three or three flexes, that makes it a little bit more difficult because then you're losing out on like those those skill position players. But if you're starting just like two running backs, two receivers and a tight end and a quarterback. Like in those leagues that can give you a, a real edge where if you have yeah. like an And that's also easy it's easy to say, but if you got Josh Allen with the 8th or ninth quarterback off the board this year, you don't feel that way at all. You feel like, "Oh, I'm crushing it. I have Josh Allen and I have I didn't draft someone where someone else had Lamar Jackson." The other factor that goes into this year though that I wanted to briefly talk about is this offensive explosion that we're seeing, like Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, like uh, Drew, uh, sorry, not Drew, Brees, not Drew Brees, um, Aaron Rodgers has just gone off. This offensive explosion, I think, is fascinating because, and I can't remember, you know, if we talked about this on the pod, so I just briefly want to talk about it really quickly. Like the NFL's not p- calling penalties this year. There was this mandate before the season. I love and I it. I think it was directly related to the fact that teams are not going to have this this regular offseason. They're not going to have four preseason games to ramp up. It's going to be like coming in cold, you know. And so the NFL basically told its referee, offici- uh, its officiating crews to not call anything unless it was clear and obvious. That Let was the their, boys that's play. Their, yeah, that's their language. And and through three weeks, I, or through two weeks, I know, uh, I saw this for Greg Rosenthal, like, that was the fewest amount of offensive penalties called ever. And I'm guessing through three weeks that that trend is going to continue. There were some calls this week that brought some big plays back, but for the most part, they're just like Craig said, they're letting them play. And that we, and this is an offensive explosion. Like we've never seen like more points, more touchdowns. This is corking the bat, but for football, this is the only way to do it is the refs have to just bite their whistles and look what happens to the game. It's kind of crazy that they, they hold that much power. I love it. And so my question is like, is this, some, is this, is this making this a unique season where we're going to see everything go back to normal? Is this the year? steroid era of football? I don't know. Yeah. I just want to be very clear that nobody has complained about this one time. <laughs> I know. There has not, <laughs> not been one person on earth who said, you know what? I wish there were more penalties this season. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube after this, man. That's kind of no where going I'm going. It's, yeah, it's it's once you and give I people still a think there's season. been some ticky tack shit calls. Of, That's of, the thing. Like, weak ass offensive PIs. Those push offs <laughs> they're calling. Yeah. Well, because should... people are generally ungrateful and will adapt to whatever reality just quickly folds in. So even though there's less whole offensive penalties than whenever, people are still like, well, the Michael Gallup OPI in week one. And then people are still <laughs> clear. Well, the DPI against the Rams in the end of the game. I'm like, there was so much stuff they let go in that game that 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, Deke. I think you're dead on because it's, I actually, this is actually a really interesting conversation. It, it, they, you can't go back. You can't go back. I mean, last I year not. there were 10, up, there were 10 holdings in Thursday night football and Tom Brady's like, what the hell is going on? This is brilliant. And I'm sure defenses are pissed, but whatever. Regardless of fantasy, because obviously this is a fantasy tilted podcast, but like, I just think it makes football unwatchable when it's like constant penalties. I can't stand that from not just like from a pure football point of view. And I don't even care about fantasy. Like it's just, it's not fun to watch. So anyways, speaking of not fun to watch, Mitchell Trubisky got benched. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's the last headline of the weekend. I feel like that was it's, a good segue. Oh, yeah. I would. big Dick Nick coming in and just getting a dub. <laughs> Foles came in. Well, I, Foles came in and threw three touchdowns after he hadn't thrown a pass in God knows how long years. That man is just absolutely. And his magic. interception is not an intercept. I mean, like, even if, even though it technically was an interception, it wasn't like a bad throw. Football I mean, was- needs errors. If Mitchell Trubisky throws a pass and it bounces off a defender's chest because he's so shocked it came to him, that should be registered as a pick. <laughs> <laughs> and if Russell Wilson, it's Greg Olson in the hands. It should not be. So Foles comes in, immediately unlocks Allen Robinson, who's now back to being fantastic. Yeah. yeah, how do we feel about you You push for Trubisky and Robinson as the combo? Do you feel like you get half credit there? Right, what do you do for our Fandle lineup from last week? What are you talking about? Oh, just because <laughs> I said the, the defense is what Trubisky can normally exploit. I mean, I think We said Robinson, the Bears offense would do well. <laughs> I did, and I think Robinson had like seven catches with Trubisky, but it's just in, it just couldn't get him in the end zone. But um, how do we feel now with Foles? Is, is everybody on their way up? Jimmy Graham is now relevant? Jimmy Graham was the number one tight end of the week, right? Tariq Cohen tore his ACL, so, da- so that sucks. David Montgomery's probably going to have a bigger role. DK, what do you make of the Bears? So Foles came in. He did throw three touchdowns in the Take second shots. half. Takes shots. I mean, he did have a couple throws that were very, very lucky. Like, there was one throw. The At Bears just point, got lucky God, in general. It's not luck. And he almost <laughs> know, had to Anthony Miller, another touchdown to Anthony Miller. He could have had yeah, five. Yeah, that was bizarre. That was super bizarre. Nick Foles um, can only be lucky for so long before there's a higher power going on here. Nick Foles just, just takes fun. He's the guy who walks in, like, late to the pregame, just like, shots? We're doing shots? And everyone's like, all right. <laughs> oh, you called crazy. me fratty. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's not, Nick Foles has never done shots in his life. Look, we we talked about this before the before the season a lot. Like, I think all of us believed that Foles has the ability to unlock this offense in a way that Trubisky simply could not do. And we saw that in this game. It's a small sample. It's going up against the worst defense in the NFL. Well, second worst to the Seahawks, maybe. Um, so, you know, there's we're going to have to wait and see kind of how this changes. And it'll, it'll help Foles, too, to have a full week of practice as, like, the starter. And he's already been announced as the starter for next week. So And, um, and beyond, Matt Nagy said that. Oh, and beyond. Okay. He said and so, beyond. Yeah, but no, I do think it's good. I, I think it unlocks Allen Robinson. It makes uh, it makes the other the receivers in there. I, I'm not so sh- sure. I think that Jimmy Graham is going to be a very hit and miss, but he, he will have those spike weeks. I think Anthony Miller is more interesting, even though he's still kind of making his way in this offense and trying to figure out if they're going to use him full time. Uh, Darnell Mooney is an interesting um, rookie. But yeah, I think overall it's going to be good for this offense. It's going to make David Montgomery's role even more like more important and i was not excited about any bears really to be to before and and now i am all right so maybe a rob will put the bears logo back on his social media now maybe, maybe we'll get that maybe. okay so bears are trending up russell wilson's the qb1 going forward josh allen sell high or no you're keeping him rest of the year why would you sell high come on because i feel because like josh the, josh allen and russell wilson, it's like selling lamar jackson high last year it's like just ride it man you you freaking hit the jackpot 
Go for it. And also, you want to talk about half of fantasy football is having fun. It's not fun to trade Josh Allen right now. Josh Allen is the singular most fun player in the NFL right now. 100%. Not really close. Okay, let's keep rolling with who won the week. But first, let's take a break to talk about FanDuel. The Ringer Fantasy Football Show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Coming up this Monday, it's a showdown between two of the NFL's most potent offenses as the Baltimore Ravens take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And FanDuel Sportsbook is throwing a little gasoline on this barn burner with a $10 risk-free same-game parlay for all customers. Cash in on these two high-flying teams that can really run up the score. FanDuel is the only place with the same-game parlay where you can combine multiple bets from one matchup or team into a single parlay. And when all the legs of your parlay hits, you win even more than if you bet separately. And if you don't win, FanDuel will refund your bet up to $10 in site credit. So go big. What do you guys think? Who do you think is going to win this game? I get the Ravens. Yeah, one one bet I would like is to do the Lamar rushing yards over and the Ravens minus three in the first half. What What's the over-under on J.K. Dobbins, like the Ravens rushing to keep the ball away from Chiefs? I know, that's what I'm thinking, though. You like Parlay? J.K.? Yeah, I don't know which it. back it'll be. Just the Ravens team rushing over, and yeah. that the Ravens like time of possession game, and they're going to try to, keep, and then the Chiefs passing unders. Parlay it. We'll discuss. You can build the same game parlay without logging in or depositing. If sports betting is legal in your state, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to make your same game parlay today for Kansas City versus Baltimore. And if not, go play single game contests with FanDuel Fantasy. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, be sure to sign up with the promo code Ringer Fantasy so they know that we sent you. That is promo code Ringer Fantasy. Must be 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, or Iowa. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. In Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. Or in Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I want FanDuel Sportsbook in California. Come on. Yeah, I'm we waiting. really do. We really do. That <laughs> geofencing technology is, is remarkably precise. It's shocking. It. Okay, let's get into who won the week. The personals. The personal who won the weeks. Personal who won the weeks. I mean, the teams, I mean, you could just Google it. Uh, you know, you could figure it out. Yeah. But the, the real who won the weeks, the if you guys want the real numbers, we got the top scores <laughs> the here. Top scores, quarterback, we just went through them. Russ was number one. Josh Allen was number two. Dak Prescott was number three at quarterback. Running back was Alvin Kamara. Rex Burkhead was the number two running back this week, which, God, what Joe. the Frickin', What the hell? And then James Robinson was the third top running back. Receiver was Tyler Lockett. Give himself a pat in the back there. Justin Jefferson at number two. And then Cedric Wilson for the Cowboys was number three receiver. And then t- this, this, one's, this one is like we're in a simulation. Tight end is Jimmy Graham for the number one for the Bears, who is not the number one tight end in real life for the Bears at times. Tyler Croft was the number two tight end, and Eric Ebron was the number three tight end. What the hell is going on? Tight end, yeah, None tight of this matters, impossible. man. Your draft doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this means. Are we just in a meaningless oh void of, of complete randomness? I've you know what Cedric I like? Wilson? Who is Cedric you Wilson? You know what I like is that DK <laughs> on our Friday show for his bold prediction or was that, or one of his gut calls was that CeeDee Lamb would be the highest scoring skill player on the Dallas Cowboys and that actually he needed to go one rung further down the Dallas receiving depth chart to be right about that. Cedric Wilson stole my thunder so much because he was running those, those over routes, you know, like 
just both of his touchdowns were really long over routes from the slot, I believe. And I'm yeah. like, that's exactly what I fucking pictured with CeeDee Lamb, <laughs> except for this guy, this creative player named Cedric Wilson, who I've literally <laughs> never heard of. No, there are a lot of creative players, especially Easton Stick coming in briefly to replace <laughs> Justin Herbert. That is the most creative player-ass name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, because it's like Easton brand sports equipment or whatever. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's like. like a baseball bat. So good for Cedric Wilson, bad for my prediction, but... Anyway, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So Rando's won the week, for starters. And then, DK, who else won the week? My official winner of the week is the rookie receivers that broke out because I thought that was really fun to see. We talked about it in the preseason, how rookie receivers can have big impacts early on in the season, much more. It, it feels like much more frequently than, than in the past, these last few seasons. And so, or especially last year and this year. And we saw that again, Justin Jefferson went absolutely bonkers for the Vikings, seven catches, 175 yards, one touchdown. It was really nice to finally see the Vikings offense move the ball. They actually ran the ball really well and passed the ball, and they still managed to lose, which, you know, I, I don't know if they're, I, I, I don't know how the hell that happened, but Justin Jefferson, nine targets. Uh, and I think, you know, that to me, now two weeks in a row, he's been kind of like the leading receiver on that team. I still think Thielen is going to be, you know, a huge, huge target for Kirk Cousins. But to me, this Jefferson thing feels real because he has, inherited that number two job, maybe de facto number one job in that offense. He's playing outside. He's proven, he proved yesterday that he can play on the outside because a lot of his targets were coming on the outside. And so that was huge. T Higgins stepped up with John Ross as a healthy scratch, RIP John Ross. They need to get John Ross on another team, by the way. Still a believer. Um, I'm not really. I'm actually not really. I'm just basically doing it as a bit because I know Danny Heifetz hates him. But I just, I'm um, so triggered by John Ross. Like <laughs> snowflake when it comes to John Ross. Um, but anyways, T. Higgins looked really good. Five catches, 40 yards, two touchdowns. Burrow is going to continue to throw a lot this year. I think that's going to be pretty much locked in. They're always going to pl be playing from behind. And he's showing a lot of trust and chemistry with Higgins, so that's big. Brandon Ayuk, five catches, 70 yards, three carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. For San Francisco. Yes, for San Francisco. He's finally healthy, the first rounder. And I think this was kind of like his first real game, you know, in there, he, you know, where he's at least somewhat close to full health. Shanahan got him schemed up, you know, got him ways to get the ball. They're just so banged up on offense. I think they're going to have to continue to get him involved. And then Gabriel Well, they just got Davis. through the FCS portion of their schedule, going through <laughs> MetLife with the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, what about Debo? Like, would you rather have Debo or Brandon Ayuk? Probably Debo, right? No, I'd rather have Ayuk at this point because I just don't trust Debo's injury. You know, we talked about that. Heifetz, I believe, said there's like a huge, huge rate of re-injury with that type of foot injury. It's like and almost 40%. So, like if I had, to, if someone offered me Debo for Ayuk, I probably would just keep Ayuk because I think he has a better chance of playing more games this year. And it's also, it's not only is the risk of re-injury really high, it's they just made the mistake with Trent Taylor, who is a, a less important, but still like a player on their, in that receiving group who had a very yeah. similar injury re-injured but coming to but coming back too soon so that they would now take the same risk with Debo I think that that's a very good point DK so even if he plays I, I do think that even if they're not admitting I think a snap count is entirely possible or if it's not something that could, it could be added later in the season because they obviously want him for a playoff run for Niners get the Eagles this week too which you know the Eagles are just a mess we were just talking about the Vikings and we have to, we have to linger on the Eagles here for a second because I know this is winners but let's make time for whatever the hell a tie is <laughs> I don't know what the word is but the Vikings were and the Eagles were both in this awful spot of like, oh, and two, it's supposed to be really good. They bounce back. They're at least salvaged their season. 
The Eagles are now 0-2-1, and, and this is like the most depressed I've seen Eagles fans since they won the Super Bowl. I mean, really, in the last five or six years. Does Carson Wentz suck? What do you do with this offense now that it's Alshon Jeffries hurt, Jalen Rager's hurt, Dallas Goddard has an ankle injury? Oh, yeah. I am forget. Oh, Boston Scott is still banged up, and then there's someone else I'm forgetting because this t- I can't keep track of everything. Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun Jackson, yeah. He has a little hamstring injury. We're not sure if he's going to miss the game or not. So are you picking up Greg Ward? I, 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 I What the hell? <laughs> I mean, if you're desperate. I, honestly, I would pick up all the guys I just mentioned before that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just, sorry. I, I just completely, I'm just, the Eagles are just awful. Okay, so rookie receivers, one for you. TK, Craig, who, who won the week for you? The doctor who stabbed Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> stabbed. <laughs> Craig can say this because he's on the Chargers. He's, yeah, he's the back. He's the third string quarterback. Didn't you now win the week? <laughs> no, it's, I didn't get to play. It's a whole thing. A lot of politics. Going Are you on, Easton Stick? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Easton Stick. But okay. Ever since the doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> Justin Herbert Stab. has been has been playing really well, and he's completely unlocked the Chargers' offense from only a fantasy perspective. It's not like they're winning now. But in Week One. If you take the big five, Keenan, Eckler, Josh Kelly, Hunter Henry, and Tyrod, 46 fantasy points. Then Tyrod gets stabbed, and the next two weeks, <laughs> the team puts up 75 fantasy points, 30 more each week. <laughs> Justin Herbert's giving Eckler the ball. He's peppering Keenan Allen. They're just better with Herbert. And so I'm, the doctor must have had Herbie fully loaded on his fantasy team, and that's why he's stabbed. <laughs> Do you think this was an inside job? Perhaps, but the Chargers are just a different <laughs> offense, and Eckler was going down the wrong path with Tyrod, and now things are you know, the ship has righted itself. You can I love almost this. say the air has come out of Tyrod Taylor's season. I hope that he's okay. <laughs> yes, going to say that. Perhaps yeah, nothing, Tyrod nothing against Tyrod. I think he's a good player, nice guy. You know, everything seems fine. But um, yeah, Chargers are a different team with Herbie. My, mine isn't nearly as good as that. That Bravo. Uh, I'm just going to say that why, waiver wire ads won the week. I don't have any stabbings in mind. I'm just going to say, I mean, all the guys that people, I mean, last week was carnage and all the people got hurt. And we were like, all right, who do you pick up? For the most part, the dudes pretty did pretty well. That's yeah. true. And that usually it's like only one usually hits. of like yeah, the big four everybody adds, but they were all really good. Usually it's like a scratch off tickets. And you're just hoping that, you know, if, like you and five friends, but you're just hoping someone wins something. And this one was like, oh, like 60% hit rate. Mike Davis had, you know, 90 total yards or whatever touchdown. He had eight catches for the Carolina. Jerk McKinnon. Yeah, again. Yeah. Jerick McKinnon had a pretty good day. He just scored a touchdown. And then Jeff Wilson for the 49ers actually had an even better day, though. They both were really solid options. Daryl Henderson had more than 100 yards and a touchdown for the Rams. Miles Gaskin had a, seri- a solid game for the Dolphins. He had, I might not have the exact number, 19 goal line carries. It felt like that. He still couldn't <laughs> score, but whatever. He had a really good game. They clearly believe in him. And then a receiver, if you were down Devonta Adams, Alan Lazard. He's like Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson because he had 150 yards or whatever and a touchdown. And he should have had six more, but he kept getting tackled at the goal line. But he was really good. <laughs> he got caught from behind on that one play. Looked like he was running in mud. Yeah, oh, really. Yeah. Like, there's the meme of like that, that some British woman who gets stuck in the mud and going up and come down. That's what I think of when I think of Al Lazard. But oh my God. really, the only bums were one, Deion Lewis, who. I mean, one carry. Tried one to catch. tell you, man, Sucks. this offense is terrible. We tried to warn you, and then the other person who was a bum was Josh Kelly, who we did the opposite, and we put him in our Fanduel million dollar lineup, so he owes us money. That was weird. Like he got twenty three carries the game before, and then they completely like ignored well, him. Well, he fumbled. Month, so. Well, there you go. That that's the thing. You can't fumble. 
God forbid you fumble. You Especially get like a game. former running former running backs coach, I believe Anthony Lynn was. What's the podcast equivalent of fumbling, Craig? What What do we do? And you just mute us for five minutes. Not recording. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not recording. It's when I have to use your Zoom recording. audio. <laughs> did Pete Carroll ever not record for doing something like Pete that? Pete Carroll man. never did that. I mean, but uh, granted, I had to I had to really walk him through everything. But um, he likes to keep up. it close. You know, he doesn't yeah. want to just like win by a lot. He wants to, you know, wants. To he was excited. like even like a gamer setting up his Zoom device. He's like, All did right, he ever tell you like just suck it up, fan? base? just suck it up, Craig. Craig. Have you ever heard the term "always compete"? Man, it's like his <laughs> life mantra. Always compete. If you're not competing, you're either competing or you're not. He's just like I'm better at Steve Care than setting up this equipment. Okay. I love Pete. Anyway, did you say Steve Care? Kerr? Kerr. No, I know, but I thought you said care. Uh, no, I, I totally did not say that. Um, I totally right. did not. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so you know what? I like Craig's better than that. The doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor. You're the winner of the week. Congratulations. All right. Ring or burn book. We're stealing this from Mean Girls, the people who we're just absolutely pissed at. This was Craig's idea, by the way, from a couple episodes ago. We're now getting it. It's week, week three's in the books now, and now you're officially like pissed at guys. And it's, yeah. it's, you're getting to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm no longer starting these guys. I wanted to ask you guys if you have any historical burn book fantasy players that you got in your book and you're never taking them out or maybe they're retired now or whatever. But my personal one was CJ Spiller. Mm. He never came around. Everybody always bet on CJ Spiller. He looked so good. So tantalizing. And he, he drafted him way too high every year and he just never worked out. That's a really good one. Will Fuller is has the potential to be one this year, but if his Will touchdown Fuller doesn't do it this year. His, his head is barely above water thanks to his touchdown this Will week. Will Fuller, yeah, Will Fuller is um, not yet for me. On my burn book so far is just the New York football teams, which are just <laughs> like, the whole team. I just it, it, the overlap of fantasy and NFL is completely total to me. It, it's just these two teams are useless and should be relegated. Their fantasy players shouldn't be allowed to be rostered, and their NFL team shouldn't be allowed to play. These are minor league football teams i watched the giants and i remember thinking this is so clearly the worst team in the league and then i saw a graph of like epa per play which is the best stat there is for all encompassing football and the giants were 31st and you know those the graphs where it's like it's, a, it's like you know mm-hmm. that you know the t-axis and everything and the jets were just in the bottom left corner like the bottom left corner was the jets and the other 31 teams were all in the middle and i was like <laughs> holy shit the jets are like two or three standard deviations past the Giants. And it's just, they're mm-hmm. embarrassing. Adam Gase was like, we're going to go into hyperdrive. They lost by 30 points. What are you doing? What is going on? I think it's just Adam Gase who's in the burn book, like mm-hmm. for sure. I he don't absolutely do. Yeah, he Gase? should be the first official burn book person. I think Adam Gase deserves Adam it. Gase. Joe Judge Get not- him in there because I'm fucking sick of it. The, the, like Herndon's good. We, sh- we should <laughs> cut the cord on Adam Gase. He's reached the point where you just can't draft a jet, which has that ever happened before where a coach made you not draft anyone on his team for fantasy? Heifetz, I get that joke, by the way. Oh, yeah. That was was a joke. Yeah. Just in case you didn't catch that. He he left his wife right after she gave birth. The doctor's like, hey, do you you want to cut the umbilical cord for your son? And he's like, no, I got to go to a meeting. Leaves his wife. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a last second pivot for who I want to put in the burn book this week. I think it's Daniel Jones. He's my quarterback in the <laughs> ringer in our mm. ringer fantasy league. We all had him like 12th in the rankings going in. Like, oh, he's big, athletic, can throw a deep ball, could really do a lot in this Giants offense. Daniel Jones, he's just not giving you any hope. He gives you like nine points a week, and it's it's getting really bleak. And I think I'm never. I if think you I'm watch him play though, you do have some hope. Yeah, because he like no, has just, one. I'm just deep, kidding. Well, oh, no, he does have like one deep ball to Darius Slayton every week. That's decent. 
Yeah, but that's the oh, shit that yeah. makes red zone. That's the stuff you see on sports and you're like, ooh, what you don't see is just Daniel Jones, the lack of pocket awareness. Is, I don't I, I I really wonder if he looks both ways when he crosses the street. Because it's like he wades into the pocket and he just I don't he just fumbles so much. And I I actually went back and looked at the data and it's a little I, I did this for James Winston. I was trying to put in context how often he turns the ball over. Because everyone talks about the picks, people forget the fumbles. So I was like, let's just add mm-hmm. turnovers total fumbles and interceptions per game and i did this data trying to find Jameis stuff you know who's number one of all time in turnovers per game daniel jones daniel jones dude okay i want to talk about this really quickly because i feel like there was a lot of victory lapping last year for people that were basically and i felt like at the time it was right like rightfully so they were basically making fun of people like me who buried daniel jones before the draft like this guy sucks and I admit that it's still early in his career and he could he could turn this around but man the turnovers are a major fucking problem and the guy that I compared Daniel Jones to coming out just for some perspective and the, the it was the exact reason I compared him to this is because he he was just such a turnover prone like wild unpredictable I don't know if you can like coach this out of him thing is Blake Bortles oh my and God. Daniel Jones, this is a stat from Hayden Winks. He has 36 interceptions and fumbles through 15 career games, 15 and a half career games. That's actually hard to do. It's like Jameis Winston. Can you coach this out of him ever? I I mean, honestly, it's an open question. Like, I'm not going to pretend to know. I just feel like it's obviously an uphill battle and Jason Garrett's in charge of this project. I I, like what, what have I, what have I seen from Jason Garrett? But to your point, I don't know, because here's the thing, the quarterback, the most underrated skill a quarterback's supposed to have is you're supposed to know where all the 21 guys in the field are. It's like you're a point guard. Like you're, you're just, LeBron James just knows where everyone is. I just don't think Daniel Jones has that. I don't think he knows where everyone around him is at all times. He's is- at the top of the list of like, oh my God, if I get five points on this drive, I win the game in your fantasy league and you have Daniel Jones as your quarterback and you have no faith. He's, he's top three in that category. I'm worried no, that no, everything no. I said about Josh Allen is just going to be true about Daniel Jones. <laughs> like, that's my fate. That's my, it's like a great tragedy. It's just like I've made it come true. It's going to come back to bite me. All right, Adam Gase, Daniel Jones, you're in the book. Yeah. Oh my right. God. That's yeah, perfect. That was here. a perfect start to the ringer book. Yeah, that is book. how it should be. We should just close it right now. No sequel. Okay. We're going to keep rolling with waiver wire and who to add for this week. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Heineken. Heineken would like to remind you that it's time for seasonal beers again. That's right. If you thought a cold, crisp summer Heineken was something, just wait until you taste the Heineken fall lineup. Is it a new product? No. It's just the same great tasting lager that's perfect for any season. You don't need to change it. You don't need the pumpkin spice whatever IPA because a Heineken's perfect. DK, (laughs) have you tried the frosted mug yet? Damn it. You haven't. You haven't done it. (laughs) It's on my list, Heifetz. I'm going to do it. Craig, have you done the Frosted Mug? I have done a Frosted Mug. It's delightful. Thank you. Craig understands. (laughs) Heineken Original Lager is made with pure malt and their famous A-Yeast, which makes Heineken an all-season, all-the-time kind of beer. So pick up a pack or get it delivered, whatever your style, and please drink responsibly. And hey, guys, Footlong Season is at Subway. They make it easy to make a good call on food. So here's a little segment called Bad Call, Good Call. We're going to look at some of the good plays, bad plays from last week, starting with, we'll ignore the 999. Bad play. What did you guys think of the DPI call on the Rams that let the Bills keep going? Good call, bad call? Bad call. Yeah, bad call. I think it was a good call. Oh, I think it was. I think it was a bad call. He can't grab the jersey. It was a bad call. It was a bad call because it bailed him out, but it was defensible. 
I agree. After the fact. My hot take is that for the Rams fans who are upset, my my real opinion is don't go down 28 to 3 and then complain. <laughs> that's my that's right. honest to God how I feel. Uh <laughs> but that yeah, good call, bad call. You know what's definitely a good call? A turkey breast or sweet onion chicken teriyaki from Subway, Black Forest ham, veggie delight, all fantastic. Everyone knows that my heart lies to the sweet onion chicken teriyaki. That's will and forever will always be my favorite call. But another good call is getting a free footlong when you buy two at participating Subway restaurants. So let's make some good calls this week, everyone. Order contact-free in the app for quick and easy pickup on game day or any day. Or get contact-free delivery. It is footlong season at Subway. Eat fresh. Freshly prepared in front of you. And we're going to freshly prepare some waiver wire news in front of you right now. That wasn't my finest, but it'll do. Does he get a ding for that? Do I get a ding? Mm. Uh, it'll do. Okay. Just run through these injuries for a moment. Tariq Cohen tore his ACLs we mentioned. DK, do you bump up David Montgomery for that or just the Bears offense? Uh, just, ever yeah. so slightly. He'll, make, he'll get more passing game work, I think, now. Ever so slightly. Chris Carson sprained his knee for the Seahawks. First of all, this was a dirty play. Yeah, that was bullshit. It was I mean, it was kind of gruesome to watch, but anyway, it's not as bad as it looked. He has a sprained knee. He might actually play in week four, which seems unlikely, but either way, he's not out for the season. Uh, I joked about calling you Travis Homer last week. Yeah. Uh, do you like Carlos Hyde or Travis Homer if he's out? Or which I think one would Hyde you would be the guy. Hyde would I mean, be I think guy? that's why they signed him is he's a similar style of player, like a grinder, a sustainer. A grinder. Travis Homer, a grinder, a, a between the tackles grinder. Like something that John Gruden would love. There's a part of, of Jersey where they call, or Philly, I forget where they call grinders like sandwiches, like it's a like it's a hoagie roll. That's a grinder. Oh, you guys are West Coast people. Never mind. I I, I just waited. <laughs> I've, never, I've never even been to Jersey. Hi, Viz. Are you East Coast or West Coast? You claim you love Coachella, but then you're like a New York I'm guy. Coastal. <laughs> You've never it's seen wedding crashers. I don't know what you are. It's a spectrum. I'm bi coastal. Okay. Uh, Chris Godwin had a hammy injury. He actually had came back from his concussion this week, came out of protocol, caught a touchdown, looked really good, and he left the hamstring injury. Deke, are you going back to the Scotty Miller well if Chris Godwin misses time? This is what's going to happen. I'm going to start Scotty Miller next week, and he's going to have two catches for eight yards, and he's going in the book. I know. That, <laughs> that was, that's the exact scenario that I'm afraid of because I've overhyped the guy. And even though he, by the way, he does lead the Buccaneers in receiving so far this year. <laughs> but Mike Edwards. Mike Evans started out the game yesterday with two, two catches, catches two yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. <laughs> Mike Evans is like the first wide receiver fullback. Like, they just bring him <laughs> in for like one Mike yard. Mike Allstott reincarnated No, he's Jimmy Graham at the goal line. For, like, the peak Jimmy Graham years was just, like, goal line, like, fade routes and back shoulder routes. That's that's him right now. Do you think Mike Evans is already, like, washed up as a deep threat? And he's just, he's just this? No, from now on? no. Okay, Dallas Goddard had an ankle injury. The Eagles are just banged up. I already gave my Eagles rant, so... I mean, you already answered this, but basically it's not like you would go to another Eagles tight end because obviously Zach Ertz is just going to play better. Is there any Eagles thing you like better here if Dallas Goddard misses time? But Greg Ward is like sixth on the list of people you're adding this week. Yeah, you said All it. Right, nothing interesting. Okay, Deshaun Jackson, hamstring injury, same deal. It's not even sh sure things going to miss this week, but I mean, I don't know if I would play a speed threat with a hamstring injury. Deontay Johnson for the Steelers, he had a concussion. It's too bad he was playing pretty well, but he got a concussion, didn't mm -hmm. do much in this game. If he's out, would you want James Washington or just... Nah. Or Chase Claypool. Or Chase Claypool. On the pecking order of things, I would guess that James Washington is next. I think Claypool is a really fun stash type player who can like have a big second half of the year. I would if I was talking about this week only, I would start Washington over Claypool. I think. What do you think, Craig? You're this you're the Steelers fan. 
It's Washington. I mean, he, he just yeah. gets more consistent targets. He has a relationship with Ben. Claypool's like the Martavis Bryant style, like two catches for 70 yards every third totally. type of guy. Yeah. You have a relationship with Pete Carroll. You're not going to play running back this week. What? Oh, I guess that joke didn't land. Never mind. Let's just move on. <laughs> uh, that, didn't, that didn't work at all. It's okay. Jordan <laughs> Reed had an ankle and knee injury in the in the Giants game. God, I already, I'm trying to wipe this game out of my memory. I was like, who'd they play again? I was like, oh, right. The one that made me really sad. This was also a really sad injury because this is a guy who's just never been able to stay healthy. But George Kittle might return in week four, so you can probably pretty safely drop Jordan Reed, right? It's RIP. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. And then Russell Gage, who was the very popular pick to play for the Falcons if Julio Jones is out, he had a concussion. He took a pretty hard hit. So if he's out, I mean, I guess just Hayden Hurst, my guy, gets bumped up, but I don't know if there's uh, – I can't pronounce his name. The third, fourth string for the Falcons is named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, yeah, but uh, Julio's going to be back next week. Yeah, so. so I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything here. It's Ridley, Ridley, and Julio. Yeah, Ridley, Ridley is. The, I saw this from Mike Clay. Ridley is 150 air yards between him and first. And between, he's first <laughs> in air yards, 150 yards between second place, and he hasn't been lower than seventh in receiving fantasy points in any of the three weeks so far. He's Jeez. a monster. He's Julio. Jones Dude is so going far. off. Yeah, he's going unbelievable. Off. Okay. So let's get into specific waivers. So obviously this is the opposite of last week where none of the injuries really lead to an obvious fantasy replacement. So with that said, let's just go position by position here and look at some of the running backs that you might want to add this week. Starting with Rex Burkhead, who was, I swear this is true, and I don't know if this is a simulation, but the number two running back for this week, (laughs) DK. He didn't have like a prolific monster game. I think he had, what, 14 touches total? not something you'd expect the 30 plus fantasy point explosion from is this just like you know what this just happened he got three touchdowns it's random or do you want rex burkhead on your team why don't we do this why don't why don't we just hit list the running backs and then talk about how we'd order them all right so we got rex burkhead carlos hyde jeff wilson and then are there any of the running backs you'd really want to add this week so just the list dk i know you got to take about anthony mcfarland and the steelers <laughs> Yeah, like halfway through the Steelers game, I was like, you know what? It, I was actually going to suggest James Conner for the for the burn book just because, I don't know, I feel like I just, he's he's the type of player that has just made me so mad in the past. And I was like, Did I got to Did he play take. well this week? Yeah, yeah he had he like did. 150 yards and a touchdown. Are you going to burn book him? What? Just because he gets, like, all of last season, he would, like, play, like, a quarter and then get hurt, and you're totally fucked. Every week you try to start him. He'd either get hurt or like do not. He's a frustrating player. So it's like he'd either get hurt or do something really great. And it's like the scariest thing to start him. And I say, I think the same thing is true this year. Like I'm sorry. He's going to get hurt again. He yeah. is going to get hurt. He's the, you know, when you see the running back and it's the first quarter and it's zero, zero and it's a four yard run and he could easily go down and, and it could be a four yard run, but he just tries his fucking hardest <laughs> to make it a five yard run. That's James Conner. Yeah. And he doesn't he should play for Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll loves grit. I bet you he loves James Conner. He just can't oh, turn yeah. it off. There's certain guys like Kamara is so smart about that. He'll just like slip out of bounds and not take a hit. Conner's mm-hmm. like, no, I want this. I want the fifth yard. <laughs> okay. Anyway, running backs, Rex Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Jeff Wilson. Well, we never got into my half-baked take. Do we want to actually do that? Well, we're too deep in now. We have to do it. My half-baked take, which I basically backtracked on during the game was – that James Conner is the third best running back on the Steelers. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. So who's number one? Benny Snell? <laughs> I don't know. It was half-baked. I, I, I was I'm, like, I'm going to go down a limb and say that this is like purely an emotional anger reaction. Absolutely. That your conscious brain this is you being bummed that he's played around. Well. 
A hundred percent. It's also me being pissed off because I started Benny Snell in a league last week. Oh, there you go. Okay, that's and I'm like, okay, fuck this. Like I'm done with the Steelers backfield. Benny Snell and McFarlane are both better than James Conner. This was me. Like this was me being like angry. I I don't actually. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read James Conner's stat lines this week. 18 carries, 109 yards, a touchdown, four catches, 40 yards. Just gonna throw that. I mean, yeah, he looked good. I think you should trade (laughs) sell high on James Conner right now. And that's Steeler fan for you. They're sell high and sell healthy. Okay, anyway, to the so the streams this week. Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Jeff Wilson, and sure, Anthony McFarland, whatever. And someone dropped Benny Snell. Who do you want from that group? I think chasing Rex Burkhead's gonna be really dangerous. Because uh, Cam Newton's the goal line guy, and then Damian Harris, my guy's coming back from that injury that put him on IR. I just think that chasing the Patriots four-headed, five-headed backfield. I mean, they got six guys getting carries each week. You know, you know why Burkhead had such a good game is he had 10 targets. He had seven catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. He wasn't. He was not their leading runner. He had six carries for forty nine yards and two scores. I think the two scores are random. Yeah, Sony Michelle had nine carries, one hundred and seventeen yards. They're going to get James White back here pretty soon. I think yeah. it's Carlos Hyde, man. They're playing the Dolphins. Seahawks are playing the Dolphins next week. Carson's going to be hurt, and if they get up big, maybe they're just going to run the ball. If, if you need a stream, I think you're right about the Hyde thing because presumably they'll crush the Dolphins, and that even if. Carson comes back. I can't imagine they would give him a normal workload. That would be like malpractice. So I think you're right about Carlos Hyde. We'll probably get mm-hmm. the entire fourth quarter. And then if you, so if you're streaming, I think that's definitely the move. I also think Jeff Wilson's a really good stream because me he, too. Me too. The Niners. So how would you rank people. that? Would you put Hyde above Wilson? I think I would have yeah. Wilson. I think I would have Wilson as my number one priority. Does that change? All right. So Wilson's your number one. I would go Hyde actually, but okay. it's just because I think that the odds that Chris Cars, well, I guess Travis Homer will get more work. But it's kind of the same with McKinnon. I, I just honestly, they're both yeah. pretty good options for this week, relatively speaking. If you need help, if you're trying to stash a running back, is there anyone else that you that jumps out over you to hear? No, not not right now. I mean, yeah, last week was the week. <laughs> this the guy. The other thing to talk about with the forty or with the uh, Patriots is like Damian Harris is going to be back off the IR. It's my guy, point, keep so an eye on him. Maybe he's a stash, but man, I just like I. Th- I feel like if the Patriots you- are going to be a different offense every week. You know, they're going to pass be ha- pass every one week run the hell out of the ball the next week. It's just hard to trust any of these guys in that backfield. Yeah, the Pats, the Pats give you trust issues. All right, receivers, if you're looking at receivers this week, DK, these are these are your guys. You mentioned Justin Jefferson, yep. Vikings at, at Houston this week, Brandon Ayuk, the 49ers. He's like the Debo Samuel replacement, and they're playing Philadelphia this week. Greg Ward, the AAF guy for the Eagles. Andy mm-hmm. Isabella for the Cardinals. James Washington in Tennessee. Who do you want to add this week in what order? I think I would have Jefferson number one in that group just because if this continues if like this what we've seen in the last two weeks where he's been sort of like the leading receiver on the team like if that continues he has potential to be a huge huge value this late like as a waiver wire ad the vikings offense is pretty hit or miss right now but i think because their defense has struggled so badly they're gonna be playing from behind a lot and they seem to jump start their passing offense a little bit last week so that could could lead to big things so jefferson would be my number one who's number two Shoot, this is tough. I think Ayuk. I just want, I just, you know, they're so banged up. I think Ayuk is going to be the de facto number one in that offense. You know, once Kittle gets back, he's he is the de facto number one, but it might take him a few weeks to kind of get back up to speed. Yeah. Like that that knee yeah. injury was was legit. He's going to probably try and come back earlier than he's actually ready to come back because he's a yeah. tough, he's just a tough SOB. Notice Craig doesn't give Kittle any crap for trying to get an extra yard. Stop trying to get the extra yard. <laughs> what do you guys think of Andy Isabella? I don't. Are you buying it? 
I no, it's it, I, I I would much rather have Ayuka Jefferson than Isabella. And Isabella is good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but in a ten team league, Isabella is like right around the range of like that's too risky for me. Twelve teams, I would I would think about taking a shot on Andy Isabella. I have one wide receiver stash. I would go out and get McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson on the Chiefs just because Sammy Watkins is always hurt and kind of mm. so is Tyree Kill. There's a lot of hamstring issues on that team. And yeah. I think both these guys are very, very, their roster percentages are super low. So I kind of think that if you can fit it in your bench, grab one of those guys would be smart. Hardman is sort of the Tyree Kill handcuff. You know, yeah. like if he gets hurt, he plays that role. But isn't he just kind of a decoy and Kelsey really gets the volume? Like, Miko Hardman doesn't just become Tyreek Hill. Like, he just becomes the speed element in the offense. He doesn't get the ball, though. No, but, like, I mean, especially Demarcus Robinson's already gotten, like, six uh, targets in week one. He had, like, four in week two. I I just Robinson reminds me of Odell in that he can make all the hard catches, but none of the easy ones. Yeah, I can see that. But I I still think it's kind of – they're too good of an offense not to have both these guys – on people's teams like if you can swing it i I would grab one of them look it's the year of the hamstring injury i don't think it's exactly a bad idea receiver so we like jeff i think we all agree jefferson's the top one Ayuk, and then i guess isabella and james washington if deontay johnson's out do you guys have a um an opinion on how much money you you spend on a free agent like just to talk about the percentage of the i'm i'm always hesitant to give that specific out because it matters in your league like if you're 0 two it, it's different than being two and out like if you're 0 two like you need to win like, feel like everybody cares? always underpays like i always think like maybe i get justin jefferson for eight dollars and then the, then like waivers goes through and then i check and somebody spent like 28 and i'm like oh let's just and then the season ends and i have 60 dollars and i'm like ah, i probably should have spent that i don't love the five percent of your budget advice because that assumes that everyone in your league is like a very sound financial planner. That's the thing. It just takes one psycho. It's like, well, if someone is checking their (laughs) league and is like, Oh shit, Christian McCaffrey's out. I need to get Mike Davis. You're like, Oh, I guess my season's over if he's out and they pay $70. Like ultimately, if you want someone, you got to go get them. And so it it really matters on your record. In my opinion, when Leonard Fournette got traded or released or whatever, somebody in my league spent like 58 bucks on a Zigbo. Ooh. Yeah, see, that's the, that's the tough part. That's the tough one. Yeah. So on that note, I, I, I'm i so has Like, just you got to know your league. That's just an example. You got to know who's wild with the money. Uh, okay, tight end real quick. Eric Ebron, if he's around, is probably a really good one. It's Deontay Johnson's out. And then Moali Cox, who my guy Jack Doyle has a neck injury and has really not been great. And I will take, you know what? I, th- I think the neck injury has been tough on my guy. And I think By not that, great, um, you mean zero targets when he played I think yesterday? that the neck injury, he's rebounding. They played mm. the Jets. They didn't need a big game from him. So, you know, I think that he's going to bounce back strong. But you should probably add more Allie Cox. I like I like Ali <laughs> Cox in this offense because... VCU, baby. <clears throat> I mean, he's a former basketball player, which is the number one thing. I mean, Antonio Gates 2.0, really, right? I said Jack Doyle would be Antonio Gates. What I meant was Mo Ali Cox would be Antonio Gates. Doyle to me is just this check down. He'll get you. It's like the if you need three yards, I'll get you three yards. And, all right. What what's the expression? You know, you know what I'm talking about? The the expression. You need five, if, you, if you need ten yards, so if you need five yards, he'll get you five yards. And if you need ten yards, he'll get you five yards. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I totally butchered it, but um he's not like a he's not like a seam like take the top of a defense or real red zone threat type guy i'm talking about Doyle. perhaps i misallocated my enthusiasm for the indianapolis frank reich philip rivers obsession with <laughs> tight ends 
And I looked at, and I felt that Mo Ali Cox, because he's a VCU basketball player, was not ready to play at this level. Jack Doyle was all they had. And it turns out Mo Ali Cox is ready. So I actually think this is legit. They, they tight ends are a huge part of the offense and Paris Campbell's hurt. In your defense, he, I mean, Ali Cox was like third on the depth chart coming into the season. So it's not like this was an obvious play. He got in and showed what he could do when Doyle got hurt. And I think that was like, he capitalized on his breakout opportunity. And so my guess is that they're going to keep going with him because he's more dynamic. And so, um, now will, will that keep up when they get Trey Burton apparently was like just making incredible waves during training camp. And so he might kind of steal that once he comes back, but yeah, for now, Molly Cox is really interesting. All right. And then last the defenses to look at, I would just say target the jets, uh, the Broncos Cardinals and chargers are coming up. They seem like barely an NFL team. And then also buys are starting a week. It's not a bad idea if you don't need anything immediately to like look ahead and be like, all right, what are my buys going to be in week five? So if you need a defense, targeting the Jets seems like a sound strategy. And same with quarterbacks. So just just take a gander at the terrible, terrible teams. By the way, the expression is, if you need one yard, I'll get you three yards. If you need five yards, I'll get you three yards. I think <laughs> I got the gist. I got this. I got the spirit <laughs> of the. I just feel terrible because that's like the most common expression ever. But yeah, I'm. Not quite the most ever, but you know what? Yeah, it's used. Okay. All right. Is that all we got for today? I think that's everything. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So, Adam Gase, Daniel Jones, you're in a burn book, so you're dead to us. The doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor is the winner of the week, and you guys have to drink a beer in a frosted mug. <laughs> Figure it out, DK. All right. Thank you, DK. Right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll see you guys on Wednesday. And all right, guys, we made some bad calls and good calls this week. But remember, it is footlong season at Subway, so let's try to keep them mainly good calls. You can start by grabbing a delicious footlong with all your favorite toppings. Order contact-free in the Subway app for quick and easy pickup or get contact-free delivery. So forget about that fried, greasy food and grab a tasty footlong on game day or on any day because it is footlong season at Subway. 